Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. We're going to be listening in a moment to Be Still Thy Heart, which is a reminder that each one of us is one source of light. And before we go there, I want to share with you a passage from Uniquely Created, Divinely Inspired You. Absolute love is your birthright. The Divine One's love for you is unconditional. You are perfectly created from the Divine One who sees your perfection no matter what you do. You are loved. This is Mara, and this is Be Still Thy Soul. to respond in a loving manner, 
our opportunity to teach that person. I think that to me, one of the, in my history, and there and there have been others since I've matured, but when I was young, probably one of the worst, worst people that I could hear about was Hitler. Hitler is a very, very disappointing human in the things that he engaged in. But what is even more disappointing, my friends, is that thousands and millions of people followed his lead and did what he suggested. So instead of nipping it in the bud, quelling it in the beginning, he was supported in his unloving behavior by millions of people. So Hitler was giving us a chance to be our highest selves by saying no. And instead, people said yes, yes, yes. Because it said the baser side of humanity, that side of humanity that is is ego-driven, that side of humanity that believes that one person is more important or better in the eyes of God than another. And I am here to tell you, and I will tell you for as many Sundays as even one person listens, everyone is equally important to God. There is no one being, there is no one religion, there is no one anything, unless it's all of us joined together, that is of any less importance to God than the other. And so each and every opportunity in life presents us a chance to be our highest selves. And last week we talked about that because sometimes there are opportunities where, as Jesus said, we need to dust the feet, we need to move our head back and forth 40 times, 40 times, 40, and then dust the sand from our feet and move on. Move on. On because we cannot, we are not in charge of other people, and there are some people out there that are not living good lives. There are some people out there that are designed and determined to take other people down, and that is not a way to live. That is not a way to live, and if you are the person that they are trying to take down, you need to stand up for yourself and then. After you stand up for yourself, you need to release the anger, the depression, the emotional response, whatever form it takes, and believe that God will take care of you. And that may not be in exactly the way that you've ruled and set up in your mind. Because so many times when people want to respond to someone else's inequitable behavior, someone else's attack, in the beginning, they want to take that person down. But the reality is, my friends, and I learned this a long time ago, we need to be able to live in the presence of those who like us and those who don't. So we need to release the situation to God and we need to remember that we are all connected now last week I tried to do this show from the perspective of self-help I'm not sure that that's quite right because I'm not really sure even though I do believe this is a self-help show I'm not too many sure that too many self-help shows I have meditation and prayer and a mention of God and all those things in it. And I don't want people to feel put off. So I'm going to allow God to bring to this program who needs to be here. And I'm going to stick with the original determination of spirituality. And I'm going to tell you a story. And for those of you who have heard my program before, and there are many of you who have listened to some archive versions, you may very well have heard this story before. But to me, this story is important about our place, each and every one of our places in the world. Each and every one of us can apply this story to our lives. And as we move in our journey to peace, this story helps you remember to focus back on yourself. 
to focus on the one source and place of power you have, you. You are not responsible for another person's negative energy. Unless you're displaying negative energy, but that doesn't even make you responsible for that energy. You know why? Because the person is in charge of his or herself, and they have a true self that they can abide by or not abide by. And so this story gives a concept, a baseline from which to operate when um, you are at a loss and you can't understand, and you're about to turn things over. You're going to let go. And the way you let go is you say, what lesson is there in this for me? And thank you, God, for everything just the way it is. And the story. The story is is. Jesus, you're hearing my family, people are disassembling behind here. So you're hearing love. <laughs> so in any event, the story goes that my um, one time a little angel comes upon a crowd of angels. And this is a Neil Donald Walsh story. And they're in heaven and they're talking to God. The human concept of heaven, it doesn't matter to me what heaven is. What matters to me is I know that God exists and that we all reunify with God. How it happens is irrelevant. So in any event, here we are in a situation where a little angel comes upon, you know, an assemblage of very old, wise, wise, wise angels. And that little angel says to the assembled angels and to God particularly, God, I want to forgive Now, when we're all unified with God, there is nothing to forgive. As my mom said as she passed, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Margaret, it's beautiful. So there's nothing to forgive because everything is at its highest level, at its highest self, and people are perfect. Our souls are perfect, or heaven is perfect, or God is perfect. Whatever whatever works for you in your thinking on your journey to the light, because keep in mind you only have control over you and your actions. So this littlest angel, this little angel wants to forgive. That is very personal behavior. That's something an individual can do for another. So the little angel... God looks at him and he says, little angel, I'm so sorry. There's nothing to forgive here. There's nothing to forgive. And the little angel is downcast. And he walks away and his wings are drooping down to the floor. And he is sad and he feels so disappointed. Do I really think that those emotions would exist on the other side? Probably not, but it's a story, and it's in human terms. So he's walking away, and an angel steps out from the midst of the angels, and he is a luminous angel, beautiful beyond all belief. He has experienced everything in life that there was to experience. He is whole. He knows the light. He knows he is loved, and he knows he is enough. We'll go back to he knows he was a loved and he knows he was enough at some point today because those are things that people seem to lose sight of. And he says, little angel, I'll let you forgive me. And the little angel turns around and he starts to fly and his wings lift up and he's overjoyed. And the old angel says, I ask only one thing. And the little angel is there, and it's like, what, anything, anything. And he said, the old angel said, you remember who I am. Friends, that's the bargain we have in life. If people have come 
to provide us an opportunity to have our highest emotions engage in our grandest deeds. And we need to remember that they too are part of God. They may be lost and they are providing us a chance. They are our teachers because they are providing us an opportunity to show them love. And when they engage in negative behavior and we do show them love, we become their teachers and they are students. And that is the bargain of life. That is what we have all agreed to. That is what it's about. And in order to get to that place, we have to begin to believe as a unit that we are loved. Because when you feel loved, you act in a loving way toward others. And we have to know we are enough. Because when we do not believe we are enough, we say and do things to other people that are designed to make us more, to show what we know. Basic, basic examples. Somebody mispronounces a word. At least they mispronounce it and they say it differently than you might say it. You correct them. Does it enhance the moment? And that's what the Dalai Lama asks is, does what you say make the moment better? Does it make the moment better for you to correct someone? It does feed your ego. And today we're going to talk about the true self and the fact that there is a true self within each of us that is guiding us and that the answer to how to live an honorable life that you are proud to have lived is within each of us. Before we go to a group meditation, I would like to give you an example of the word. All my life, I grew up in what, what my mother called Amish country. So uh, at least until I was 11 and we moved to California. And so I could see people going around trot, 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 and and they would have uh, buggies and they would dress differently. And so that was something that was as common for me as, as someone growing up in a city uh, might be common to see diverse groups of people. And so um, it's just a group that existed. And I never thought about how you call that group because I had been raised to think that they were called Amish and so um, the other night there was a program on television and they were called Amish and that's self-identification Amish and so my sister was telling me about this program this weekend and she just left a few moments ago and um It was a very nice visit. I'm honored that she came to see me and my grandson. And she was talking about this program, and she said, Amish. And I listened to her, and my mind immediately self-corrected to what my mom had taught us. But I'm learning. I'm learning I'm responsible for my behavior. I'm responsible for my unloving behavior. And quite frankly, when I don't engage in loving behavior, I feel bad about myself. This is not who I came to be. But when she said Amish, there's another dimension to that. I began to think about that portion of the Bible when God told Moses his name so that he could assemble the Jews to leave for the exodus. And God told Moses to tell the Jews that the great I am had sent him. Wow. 
There's a lot of dimensions to that, my friends. Perhaps one of the most striking and solid dimensions is if I ask you what God's name is, based on what we have been told scripturally, it is I am. Say that out loud. What a huge, huge responsibility we take on if we believe that we are a particle of God, that we have a divine mission, that we are each and every one of us divine beings. Say it to yourself. What is God's name? And we're going to be looking at the responsibilities associated with that as we talk today about what Deepak Chopra calls the divine, the true self. The true self. Now let's do a meditation and we're going to breathe together. And as I've said to you last week and I've said many times in the past, so many people do not meditate or prayer because they say it takes too long. I would dare to suggest to you that it doesn't take very long at all. And as I said last week, I learned the power of three deep breaths, the power of three. Amazingly, when I was a younger adult watching Karate Kid, three on, three off, three on, three off, three deep breaths in, three deep breaths out. So before we put some music on, we're going to just sit here together and we're going to form a circle of love that circles around the world. And we are powerful enough to do that. Our minds are powerful enough if we did just allow that to happen. And so I would like for you to get in a comfortable position. There are some people who meditate laying down, and if that works for you, do it. I cannot do that. I fall asleep. Because as I start to feel my spirit join with the spirit of God, I began to feel so safe and secure and calm that I just want to lay there in God's arms and know that I am enough. And the least threatening position that I can be in is in my house in the arms of God. And that is something I, my friends, am going to have to work against because I tend to escape when I feel attacked. And I have to undo that habit. So we're going to begin to breathe together. And for me, my most comfortable position is sitting with my feet flat on the floor. I used to do the feet facing up, but I don't do that anymore. I've gotten a little older. Maybe I broke my hip. Who knows? Something stopped me from doing cross-legged too much. It's not comfortable for me, but if that's comfortable for you, get in that spot. And try to find a place that is visually appealing to you. So we're going to spend a few minutes in setup here. I have this wonderful place that I meditate uh, that I call my prayer room. And it has, for me, this hanging feeling and smell of incense. But that's not the place I am right now. This week, I have had to be brave. Instead of running away, I've had to stand. And so as a consequence, I have sat every night at my dining table and I'll try to take a picture for next week, my dining table faces out into this mass of trees. My house is two stories, and the trees, it's like a tree house around the living floor. And I look at those trees. I see the energy of God all around me. I noticed it first the other day when I was eating dinner and I said, what a beautiful spot this is. 
And it is. Now, I have the luxury of living alone, and anyone who lives in their house as much as I do has the luxury of creating many divine spots in the house. I have a room full of the various faces of God. I have this space, which has uh, a mobile with uh, the elements hanging. I have a lot of holy spaces. But when I look out at these trees, I realize that everything is holy. So find a spot where something appeals to you, my friends, with your eyes. And even if you're inclined to close your eyes while you meditate, look at that space and that spot and see the glistening energy of God in the room in that spot. So that every time when you enter that space, you feel the energy of God around you because you are never, never, never without God. God is always there. You simply need to reach out your hand. And that is what we're going to do now. And I will put some music on in a few minutes. We've been talking for about two minutes, only two minutes. So let's start If you can, please, and we're going to do three deep breaths together, and I am going to have you meditate to Project Divinity Floating, which is four minutes and 25 seconds, a long time. It's a long time if you're uncomfortable with your own thoughts. So I'm going to give you some thoughts to put in your head to help fill in to help occupy you as you focus on your breathing. And when thoughts related to life, like a disagreement with you're having with Joe or Bill or Mabel, or the work that you need to do today on the house for your job, when any of those things percolate up because you're starting to calm your body down in your mind, just put them off on the side. Just lift your hand and place them on the plate on the side for later. And later you will be better able to deal with those things. So as we go here, I'd like you to begin to pull the breath through your feet, up the front of your calves, up your thighs, And you don't have to have one breath. It's not like it's one long breath. It's sipping breaths so that when you get to your crown chakra at the top, you will be blowing out and fully releasing an expanded lung. So you come across your buttocks, and you are now at what is called your base chakra, the zone of fear. And I'd like you to release that fear into the earth from which it claim and go with a fearless breath up to the sacral chakra. The sacral chakra is the zone of sexual creativity, replicating our species, and it's also the zone of your creativity in life, your creative thinking being all that you can be, helping others to be all that they can be. And you're going to pull a fearless, creative breath up. And now you're going to come into the solar plexus. And we're going to talk color for a moment in the solar plexus because we've gone from red to orange to yellow. The solar plexus, as you pull this fearless, creative breath up, into the solar plexus. That's the zone of healing. And I want you to envision, as you sit here, the beautiful yellow light flowing around you, through your blood, and that you become yellow with the pleasance of healing from all that has harmed you. All the pain, all the dis-ease. I believe and know there is a God of miracles. And no matter what the disease is, even cancer, this healing energy can heal it if you invite it in. If you ignite it, it's already within you. So now you're going to pull that fearless, creative, healing, 
and you're going to come up to the heart chakra, which is green. And you're going to infuse your heart with the freedom of the breath that you're bringing and feel as though a giant pillar of light moves out from your heart as you square your shoulders and send love to all mankind. And as you do that, I would like you to reach out your dominant hand and take the hand of God as you understand God to be. And holding the hand of God, let us pull fearless, creative, healing, loving energy up to your throat chakra. I do not right now have personal memory about how wars were started in the past, about how family feuds were started. But I do know that they come from words. Words is how, are how we communicate. And words that are very carelessly created can create anger, judgments that live on forever. So what I would like you to do is first forgive yourself for the words that you have spoken that have harmed others and feel those words or written, feel those words, leave your body, heal yourself from those words with your breath. And then I would like you to forgive others. And I would like you to begin assembling in front of you for today's meditation those people who have harmed you and you have harmed with your words. And as that line assembles, prepare to forgive them. I would like you now to reach out your non-dominant hand and take the hand of another listener's God beside you. So that as we sit in this circle, human God, human God, human God, we began to expand around this planet a loving energy. Your palm begins to pulsate with the radiation of love. And you feel that coursing through your body as you move from your third throat chakra to your third eye, the zone of manifestation. And you know that all things are possible. Let's start first on a personal level as the people are assembling for you to forgive. Envision that you are secure, that you are safe. You have no worries, neither monetary or otherwise. God loves you and you are well. And now from a global perspective, let this circle send out a circle of radiant love to the world, reminding people that we are love and that we are loved. And now take your creative healing, excuse me, creative, your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting breath up to the top of your head and feel the top of your head open and have your bread, your breath merge with the breath of God. And it will take this powerful energy now and you're going to repeat breathing as that energy goes around the circle of listeners, those who are here now and those who will join later. The residual energy lives and we will go to floating project divinity. As the people line up, reach out and hug them and forgive them.
forgive and ask to be forgiven. As you look out, if there are more people in line, continue to hold and hug, forgive and be forgiven. Say I love you as we're spreading the power of love around this planet. We've been asked to pray for children in Indian orphanages, and I ask you, If you no longer have someone in your line, or even at the end of your line, if you can envision Indian children, African children, Russian children, European children, American children, South African children, South American children, Australia children, Asian children, in orphanages all around the world. And let us imagine this energy of love that we are creating with our meditation in a group is opening and expanding to include love for all in the world and especially for those that we model love. For this moment, let us try to believe that love can change the world. For this moment, let us empower love in ourselves. What better moment can we have when we are surrounded on our right and on our left with God? We know that God is there. We can feel God's pulsating pregnancy out presence. How funny pregnant because we are giving birth here my friends we are giving a birth to soul light to the power of each of us individually to love we are giving birth to the idea that love can make a difference 
We are forgiving and being forgiven. We are remembering who people are. We are assuming responsibility for our choices. We are. We are. We are. Each. Divine beings interacting together to move home to God. Breathing in, I am loved. Breathing out, I am enough. Breathing in, I am loved. Breathing out, I am enough. Breathing in, I am loved. Breathing out, I am enough. Those of you who would like to, I encourage you to stay in this circle, in this posture of love. As we talk a bit about Deepak Chopra's true self and the difference between the true self and the everyday self. And I want to give credit to uh, OWN TV, the Oprah Winfrey Network, because... um, I have to admit to you that I have never watched an entire Oprah Winfrey show. And I send kudos to her for the brave, brave messenger that she is. And I respect the message she delivers. I can say to you that I have probably, even at movies, seldom watched an entire movie without being distracted. Uh, I'm just not good with media of that nature, but I am respectful, and I am a member of the Oprah Winfrey um, program that she started where people would try together to ignite the grid of love. And I received these passages, which I can read um, and do read. And this particular one touched me deeply. And as a consequence of reading the passage I'm about to share with you, I actually wrote a little note and put it on my desk, true self, so that I would remember when I was working that even lawyers have true selves. And I don't think that anyone can say this better than Deepak Chopra says it himself. So I'm going to share with you what he said and what I printed on April 13th. The true self is not a familiar term to most people, although it is, excuse me, it's printed very small and my eyes are a little watery, although it is close to what religion calls your soul. It's the purest part of you. But religion depends upon faith, and that's not the issue here. You can actually test if you have such a true self. How? You know that sugar is sweeter because you can taste it. Likewise, the true self has certain qualities that belong to it the way sweetness belongs to sugar. If I can experience those qualities, if I repeat them, if I learn to cultivate them and finally make them a natural part of me, my true self comes to life. The trick, according to Deepak Chopra, is distinguishing what is your true self and what is not. If we had a switch that we could turn on and off, let me assure you folks, I'm confident we would all turn off our ego-driven self. 
the self, and I'm taking this, this is Merit talking, not Deepak Chopra for a minute. That ego-driven self is the one that wants to bring all of the eyes to us. It is the one that says things that belittles other people. It is the one that is not understanding, the one that will speak in general terms about mass groups of people and lose sight of the individual unique qualities of each person. It is the one that drives for money and believes if you have money, you are better than. It is the one that talks about some people being loved most by God and sets standards that are nearly impossible to meet in order to show your love for God. So that only the most holy, the most rule-following people are considered to be God's children. And need I remind you, my friends, what did God tell us his name was? I am. I think that every living being on this planet enunciates that concept within themselves the same way. It's about your true self, your choices, how you are living. That is where your peace lies, and that is where your interaction with others should begin. Going back to Deepak Chopra, there are moments when you feel secure, accepted, peaceful, and certain At those moments, you are experiencing the true self. At other moments, you experience the opposite, and then you are in the grip of everyday self or the ego self. The trouble is that both sides are very convincing. When you feel overwhelmed by stress, crisis, doubts, and insecurity, the true self might as well not exist. You're experiencing a different reality colored by your state of mind. At those dark, tough moments, try to to get some outside perspective about what is happening. The qualities of the everyday self and the true self are actually very different. The true self is certain and clear about things. The everyday self gets influenced by countless outside influences that lead to confusion. I dare to suggest that the true self knows that you are in control of you. That's me, Marge, talking, Mara talking. The true self knows that you are enough. And the true self knows you are loved. Just as you are. The true self is stable, continuing with Deepak Chopra. The everyday self shifts constantly. Ah, the true self is at peace. The true self is driven by a deep sense of truth. The everyday self is driven by the ego, the unending demands of I, me, and mine. Let's read that one again. The true self is driven by a deep sense of truth. I dare to suggest that truth is that we are all enough and we are loved, all of us. That we are on a journey together that we bargained for. And that judgments block our abilities to love one another, which is why Jesus told us to judge not. And now we mask our judgments in terms of worthiness and stay away from the word judgment. I don't judge, I hear people say. 
Yet that very same person may be talking about I, me, and mine an awful lot. The true self is at peace. The everyday self is easily agitated and disturbed. My friends, I come to that place when I recognize it and I am blessed. I remember where I left my peace. As we move through the next several weeks, hopefully I will share some tools with you that will enable you to do the same thing. Peace is possible. It is not elation and it is not despair. It is acceptance. The true self is love. The everyday self lacking love seeks to be loved from outside sources. Look at the qualities of your true self, self-reliance, evolutionary, loving, creative, knowing, accepting, and peaceful. Whenever anyone is in crisis, whether the problem is a troubled marriage or difficulties at work over money, they will make the best decisions if they utilize these qualities, being self-reliant, evolutionary, loving, creative, knowing, accepting, and peaceful. Sadly, we are more likely to be driven by selfishness, panic, uncertainty, impulsiveness, survival instincts, and other qualities associated with the ego self. That is how we have been trained by society. We measure our worth by our achievements and our possessions. Money and status feed the ego, and society rewards those who play the game of getting and spending with skill and drive. Deepak Chopra continues, but look at the faulty choices millions of people make. They choose material wards in the hope the money can buy happiness or at least all the trappings of a happy life. They plunge into careers that often that offer success but end up with little inner fulfillment. Doesn't it make sense instead that the foundation for every choice should be the true self? The true self understands what you really want, what you really need to be joyful. It creates a much stronger, more expansive foundation for your life than any other ego self can provide, since that is rooted in fear and insecurity. Once you begin to recognize and encourage the qualities of true self, your life will begin to change. You'll make better choices. You'll expand your awareness. You'll discover and encourage your purpose. You'll challenge yourself to meet new goals. The greatest spiritual secret in the world is that every problem has a spiritual solution, not because every prayer is answered by a higher power, but because the true self, once discovered, is the source of creativity, intelligence, and personal growth. No external solution has such power. The true self is the basis for being deeply optimistic about how life turns out and when you re- and who you really are because the screen of doubt and confusion are gone. The path to it isn't simply inspiring. It is the source of solutions that emerge from within. I suggest to each of you, thank you, Deepak Chopra, I suggest to each of you that if we can look at a moment in front of us as a divinely inspired moment that is composed of things we like to see and things we don't like to see, and if we can embrace that moment and say, thank you, God, for everything just the way it is, we begin igniting our true self 
we begin empowering our true self to lead us to the place where we are divinely inspired to go. A place of peace and happiness. And no one ultimately will be able to lodge you away to push you, to pull you. from that place of peace. When you are brave enough to follow the roadmap laid by your true self, when you are brave enough to show love to other people, when you are brave enough when someone is talking negatively about someone to introduce a positive topic When you are brave enough to put down the chart where you are taking people's number and evaluating them and instead see more in them than they are showing you. When you are brave enough to not rise up in anger when you are being wronged, but instead to take a resolute stand but continue to be true to yourself do not become who your attacker is making you or is trying to make you we are in the final minutes of our show today this has been a deep honor to talk with each of you about fundamental feelings I have in life. Next week, we're going to talk about manifestation, the law of attraction, bringing to ourselves some of these lessons that we bargained for, and keeping in mind that when the littlest soul asks for the opportunity to forgive, He didn't say, I want revenge. He didn't say, I want to be able to grind you into the ground. He didn't say, I want to destroy you. He said, God, I want to forgive. And keep in mind that the old soul said, I'll do it if you'll remember who I am. I'm going to play full light, first light, excuse me, as we go out and wish you all peace. Namaste until next week. May love enfold you.